Thanks to Dads, brought to you by Dad University, is a podcast to help men understand and navigate the transition of being a single dude into a family man. How do we make sense of it all? Well, we probably won't be able to, but let's go ahead and have some fun trying. And we are back. We are back. I'm Jason Kreidman. I'm Alan Bush. And this is Dudes to Dads, episode 181. 181. Can you believe it? <laughs> what was that from? I don't, I don't know. know. It sounds familiar, but it I, is, I can't place it. from like it. a movie or show yeah. or something. Uh, today's topic, Alan, is social anxiety and how to overcome it. Okay. So this topic has come up a little bit more and more lately. Um I actually know a few people that suffer from this. Um, And then recently I was in uh, the, some dad Facebook groups Mm -hmm. and saw it again. Like some guys were talking about it and and some of the stuff they deal with. And then what tipped me over to want to do an episode was I saw a clip on Joe Rogan's podcast, but it was the video yeah yeah on youtube yeah interviewing henry rollins oh okay yeah good old henry rollins yeah for those of you who don't know he's a famous musician but he's also done like poetry and spoken word yeah all kinds of other stuff he's very eccentric neck thick guy yeah he's a little less thick now he's older now he's got some like gray hair right um but here's what's interesting so they're got to say they're get to talking he's talking about like his situation and what he's like and they were asking stuff it was about 10 or 15 minutes i saw of like a two hour podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right. So after he's talking about the things about himself and over Joe Rogan says, well, it sounds like you have social anxiety. So going off topic a little bit or just going on a tangent about Henry Rollins. So it's a really interesting interview. So he said, I have no friends mm. very or very few if, if any. Sure. Yeah. No family, mm. no wife. And he really just prefers to be alone. Hmm. And so Joe, of course, digs into that a little bit. Sure. More. Yeah. Yeah. And he's saying he has no problem getting on stage and performing in front of thousands, tens of thousands of people. Right. Not a problem at all. Loves it. Yeah. Adrenaline rush. Doesn't even get nervous. Mm-hmm. No problem. But if he has to sit with people mm-hmm. or be with people, not performing, but being with people, he he can't do it. He hates it. He doesn't even want to be around. Yeah. It. And he said he's been that way since he was young. Yeah. And I just thought, wow, like, like how do we go from that to it being was really eye open? Well, it's really eye opening because he said he can perform no yeah, problem. Yeah. But it's so and, and I didn't get into like what it meant, maybe his background and maybe like what he's been through from a childhood or whatever that could be part of this. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's what I want to talk about is somehow sometimes why this is so. In knowing a couple people that have that deal with this actively and then seeing that, I was like, wow, this is this is a big deal. Like this is rough. And I and I knew that seeing some friends go through it mm-hmm. and what they've dealt with, but I don't think I was as empathetic. Yeah. I don't know why. I just I was like, oh, I'm sorry. Like, yeah. you know, that sucks. Yeah, sucks to be you. Um, <laughs> but what really brought it out was seeing him because the dynamic was so different. Mm-hmm. That's what brought it to my attention, was he's so um, high testosterone. Maybe sure, that's the yeah. way of saying it. Yeah, absolutely. So high testosterone that you would never think of that, mm-hmm. that, that go, that would go together. Mm-hmm. You know, that 
he doesn't even want to be around people. Right. He uh, feels weird around people and dumb and and and, and worried about messing up right. and all kinds of stuff that he was talking about. It was really really fascinating. Hmm. So I thought, you know what, this is a really good topic because obviously there are tons of people who deal with this. Yeah. Um. You know, and it's it's social anxiety is a disorder. It's actually considered sure. a disorder. Yeah. It's called social anxiety disorder. Yeah. And it's a phobia. I mean, it is a real fear. Yeah. And um and many say that it's 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 considered the most common mental disorder. Hmm. And so as a result of that, it means that there are things that you can do because so many people deal with it. So, sure. you, you know, someone who is suffering f- from it, I don't want them to feel like they're weird or strange or whatever. It's, it is so common yeah. that, you know, that's part of discussing mental health and everything else that we need to get out in the open. And, you know, people are depression, et cetera. So many people are dealing with this mm-hmm. that it felt like an important topic to talk about. Hmm. Um, and so I just felt, you know, like I said, it's an, it's an important thing to talk about. Everybody feels uncomfortable in certain situations. You know, that's a common thing, but when you have social anxiety, you are really uncomfortable and some things, you know, I, I documented or wrote down a couple things that, you know, can trigger this. And now you might say, well, I have, you know, I, that's difficult for me, right? but you may not have some of the reactions and some of the deal with some of the things that somebody who has it would deal with. And so common thing, speaking in public, I mean, tons of people have that problem. That that was said that more people fear speaking in public than death. Certainly they fear death. Yeah. That was a weird statistic. It's like, yeah. Another one making eye contact. Mm -hmm. So just in a conversation, having uh, public restrooms Mm -hmm. can be an issue eating in front of other people. Yep. Um, dating, just the whole spectrum of dating, yeah, you know, and then um, talking to people, having conversations, making conversations, starting a conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and people might have an, an issue with one of these items. Mm-hmm. You know, it could just be, I have an extreme fear of eating in front of people. I don't know why, but whatever versus some people deal with many of them. You know? right. So it, it runs the whole gamut, but you know, I can say I I've been lucky that I haven't dealt with, with too many of too much of this. Sure. I, I've, I've always felt fairly outgoing, but I can now see like how difficult this would be yeah. you know, and, de- and debilitating. And in fact, and so I started just wanting to learn about it. And as I saw that interview and I just started reading about it and just hoping that if there is anybody in the audience that, you know, this can offer some help that, you know, might relieve you from it, might trigger you to try to get some help. Uh, however, so Um, there's a few common fears, like I said, that, you know, people suffer from, um, but the few common things of why they're fearful. In other words, you know, the things we just mentioned are kind of what they're fearing. Right. And this is sort of why. So one of them is worried about offending somebody. When Henry Rollins talked about that, Mm -hmm. like he doesn't want to say the wrong thing. He doesn't want someone to... you know, to, to be in a situation and he, you know, someone's like, whoa, I can't believe you just said that. Yeah. So he, he's hesitant of speaking around people yeah. in that way, which is funny for him yeah. or interesting because he seems like someone who speaks his mind. Yeah. Very clearly well, on music stage. and poetry. He's, totally. He's very much an outgoing, outspoken person. But I think that is the whole idea that he is performing it. And so that's where he gets to get it out. Right. 
you know, but having a sit down one on one conversation, like wearing a mask of yourself. <laughs> totally. No, absolutely. Yeah. The other one's being, you know, concerned about being humiliated yeah. or embarrassed. Yeah. So kind of in that same vein. Um, another is being judged, you know, by other people and worried of what others will think. Yeah. And so that comes into play also. And so what happens? So, like I said, you know, we all have and, you know, we all have things where we feel uncomfortable. Yeah. But uncom- discomfort is different than a real social anxiety. And and in, and in some cases, it, it when I was reading about it, it seems similar to some of the things that people have of like a panic attack. Yeah. You know, where you can actually have you know severe stomach issues where you feel like you have to run to the bathroom. Yeah. Um, you can be out of breath. That's a common thing. Yeah. yeah. Out of breath, dizziness, mm-hmm. uh, tightening of your muscles. Mm-hmm. Uh, rapid heartbeat. Yeah. All these things. So they could say, they say it can start as early as 13, mm-hmm. which is very interesting when you think about the age and it often begins or has, you know, somebody let's say who's an adult, it, be, it, it can begin back in their childhood or such with being teased, yep. bullied or abused. Yep. And so a lot of times that, is what what happens <laughs> i just a little personal information all three of those things that happened to me and um also you know because i and we talked about it when you did the interview with me mm-hmm. um i was very different so i became shy and reserved <clears throat> didn't like public speaking um got panicked when i had to talk in class um i had friends so it wasn't hard for me to make friends but so i didn't necessarily have a disorder uh, in that context but a lot of those symptoms that are being described by henry rollins i yeah. had the exact same thing and the irony now <laughs> is that i do public speaking gigs <laughs> i speak in front of hundreds of people i'm a teacher you were able for to overcome four years yeah and, and but it's just a strange i can relate to that feeling because that's how i felt for a really long time up until probably in my 20s where in, maybe in my 30s even where i was like Oh, I don't like now I know what I'm talking about. And so I'm not worried about being humiliated. And I think that's what changed everything. Once I had a career that I actually know what the heck I'm talking about, that became then now confidence an anchor an anchor to what I can latch onto. And now, even when I don't know a hundred percent what I'm talking about, I can fall back on that knowledge that I can, you know, utilize and how to, uh, well, you're more comfortable with, with that. admitting that you don't know it. Correct. Yeah. You know, that's part of it too. Yeah. Yeah. You know, just yeah. being, you know, cause you're not fearing, being judged yeah. or being humiliated and or I, embarrassed. It's, like, it's, okay, it's, maybe I've mixed the words up. So yeah, well. exactly. I mean, I got tongue tied or whatever. And it's tough. It's, it's a, it's very difficult to get over that, especially yeah. when you're in the middle of it. Well, so that's, what's interesting because at 13, it's sort of that age where you start, you know, friends and peers and, um, teasing and bullying starts to really happen more often. Yeah. You know, that's where, uh, you start, you know, because your body's changing, you mm. start getting embarrassed of things. Like there's a lot that starts happening at that age, right, boys yeah. and girls. Yeah. And so they said shy kids are more likely to have, you know, people who grew up being a shy kid are more likely to have these kinds of disorders as, as adults. Mm. They said also controlling or overbearing parents mm. can cause some of that too. Mm. So the end result is, Often low self-esteem, depression, negative thoughts, poor social skills, and very sensitive to criticism. Mm -hmm. So, you know, when you're looking at somebody who's dealing with that stuff, I I 
absolutely empathetic. It's, it's really, really got to be hard. Um, so let's talk about some ways how you can deal and, and, and manage the social anxiety. And, and I'm sure, you know, and people will we'll give out the information for you to let us know is how you've dealt with it. If you do have it. Um, but I, I think there's, there's a couple of important points. The first one is tell other people. Mm-hmm. So being honest about it and opening up, and if that's to your family, significant other, close friends, um, it's going to help reduce, it, sometimes eliminate any sort of shame that you have with it. Because mm-hmm. a lot of times shame, shame exists because we are secret yeah. about it. You know, even people who have had tremendous trauma, uh, you know, th- that's one of the things they talk about is getting it out. And whether it's talking to a therapist or talking to family or whoever, it becomes less powerful the more you talk about it. Mm-hmm. And that's that goes with a lot of things. I mean, that was I even learned that in grief counseling. Like the more I talked about my mom's death, mm-hmm. the less painful it became. Yeah. There was less, you know, emotion attached to it. Right. And so I think that is also true with things that bother you. Sure. Um, that if you were talking and, and you might find out that, you're, you know, other people have the common thing as well. Or yeah, like, exactly. hey, I deal with this. And that's kind of the same thing. A lot of times shame stems from thinking that you're alone in situations. For sure. But in reality, a lot of people probably feel exactly the same way you do. Right. You know? 90% of the time. <laughs> yeah. Actually. No. And that's why we do this. It's, right. it's you know, the, the things that I experience as a dad or, you know, as a person. I didn't realize that so many people experience. Yeah, right. Know? Yeah. And they do. And and so to be able to learn new ways of being able to manage it and be open about it, it's it's really, really important. Yeah. So um the second thing, meditation or breathing exercises. So as you begin to if if you meditate or you do breathing exercises, both of them allow you to have more control over your body and how it, um, how your muscles get tense and how your heart rate and such. So I can tell you, I've been now meditating for years, you know, even just a little bit each day Mm -hmm. or such. Um, I don't do so much of the breathing exercises, but I can tell you, I can calm myself down pretty fast yeah. Through breath, you know, through breath and through meditation, which is absolutely a result of me practicing that over, oh, and over, right. and over again. That's awesome. I can actually slow my heart rate down and my blood pressure huh. by thinking about it. Wow. It's a we I was in the doctor's office and I said that and she's like, No, you can't. I was like, No, watch. <laughs> I can. <laughs> and literally through breath, through mindfulness, I can literally slow myself down. Myself hmm. down. Now I have to be mindful of it because sure. during the day I'm going 150 <laughs> miles an hour. Right. So I actually have to like either put an alarm or something that stops yeah. me because I don't think about it all the time. Right. But that's a learned behavior. And yeah. so when and now it doesn't always work. But a lot of times it does. If mm. I'm in a situation where I feel uncomfortable mm. or, I'm, you know, I have that kind of thing, I can do that. And it sort of slows my body down. Now mm. my mind sight, you know, might still be chattering and sure, doing some sure. things, but I can do that. And that's just through practice. Yeah. So you ha- it becomes a cycle of, you know, the, especially the physical response, you know, you're thinking about something mentally, you end up having a physical response to it. That's just a cycle that you have to break, mm-hmm. you know, and it's not easy. Um, number three, this is, this is my mom taught me this one. Think of worst case scenarios. Mm-hmm. So, 
when I was nervous about something, she would, and if I shared it with her, she would say, well, what's the worst thing that can happen? She'd always say that. Yeah. And so I might say, well, I'm going to have a speech and, you know, I'm going to do something at school. And she'd say, well, you know, what's the worst thing that can happen? I said, well, I don't know. I might forget my words and look stupid. And she would say something like, well, that's why you have it written down in front of you. Mm-hmm. Like there's usually a rebuttal. Yeah. To the worst case scenario right. that makes sense. Sure. You know, and it totally makes sense. Um, there's usually a way I would, I would say to hedge the situation so that mm-hmm. in the worst case scenario, you actually have a plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm scared to go to a party. Mm-hmm. Well, what's the worst thing that can happen? I don't know. I, I don't know anybody or I'll feel stupid. Well, a lot of people might feel that way. Yeah. You can always just then leave the party, mm-hmm. which is not the best that it's not the best result or guess what? You're not going to know anybody at the party. Right. That means you didn't know anybody. And so they're never going to see you again. Right. Uh, you're not going to know. Anybody. Yeah. This is a good way to not right. go. Is, you know. If you go to the party and you don't know you anybody, do, yeah. then you're never going to see him again. Right. So it's, you know, there's all these kinds of things like that where you, you think <laughs> of what is the worst thing that can happen. And most of it will come down to those things that we talked about, which are, I'm going to feel stupid. I'm scared of something happening, you know, whatever those, those fears are. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a one way of dealing with it, is think of worst case scenarios. Hmm. Um, you know, I'm going to have to run to a bathroom. Okay. Well, there happens to be a bathroom there. Yeah. Yeah. You know that, and that's a tough one. I mean, yeah. I remember dealing with that kind of stuff in my twenties, wow. where I would have a physical reaction to something to stress, yeah, and I'd be like looking for the nearest bathroom, and like yeah. you know, so I didn't want to go places. Right. So uh, it's, looking back, that's interesting. I guess that was one of the mine. I don't, I don't know because I couldn't pinpoint exactly what it was yeah. that caused it. Yeah, but when I felt some sort of anxiety about situations or so. Mm. That was it. So maybe I did have it. Yeah, to some degree. <laughs> I'm not even realizing. Or, you it. know, internal. I mean, maybe in certain scenarios that happened that, but I think, you you know, and you're the same way. You do public speaking gigs and get yeah. on camera and talk and do the podcast. And, yeah. And, and, and I just that. Yeah. Now I don't have that. Yeah. Which is I'm lucky. But yeah, yeah I guess looking back, maybe I, did. I just forgot about it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I've always been fine. I never had any problems. <laughs> and, you know, as I talk about it, I realize, yeah. yeah, maybe I did deal with that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, number four change your focus. So a lot of this is focusing on yourself and you know, it's like, Oh, I'm worried about myself doing this or I'm worried. I'm going to look this way. I'm worrying about that instead focus on the other person. So, or a location or something else that's going on. So if you're worried about having a conversation, stop worrying about what you're going to say and focus on the other person and listen to them. Mm -hmm. Everyone else likes to talk anyways. Yeah. You don't, you know, You don't need to talk. Ask a question. Right. If that, you know, I mean, like let somebody else talk and you can just be a listener. Yeah. So you just want to change your focus because so much of it, when you have this anxiety, you're worried about yourself. Right. So instead focus on somebody else. Sure. Uh, Number five, my parents taught me this one too. feel the fear and do it anyways. Yeah. So facing the fears can be incredibly difficult, but you can do it in small baby steps, which can help build your confidence. Mm -hmm. So you begin to realize that you can overcome it and it is possible. And so, you know, the anxiety or however it is, doesn't need to control you. You can control it. And so that might mean though, you know, let's say going to a party and you are just absolutely fearful. You don't want to be around people. You don't know what you're going to say. You take the deep breaths, Mm -hmm. you calm yourself down, 
You can't stand it, but you go and you do it anyways. Right. And then what you need to do, which is not on my list that I made, because I, but I just thought about it, is you have to celebrate that. Mm-hmm. You have to consciously like commend yourself and saying, you know what? I just did that. Mm-hmm. Like I was really, really worried about that. And I just accomplished that. Right. You got to give yourself some credit. Sure. Yeah. Know? Which actually moves on to the, that, that is the sixth item, uh-huh. which is accepting yourself. Mm-hmm. So this sounds easy. Sounds like, you know, motivational guru stuff. <laughs> um, but self-acceptance is absolutely huge and it, it can be hard, but you have to stop trying to be perfect. Right. You know, you have to understand that nobody is perfect. We are all making mistakes. We are all having struggles. We're all going through things. We all have fears. Yep. And so nobody is perfect. And so accepting yourself is so crucial in overcoming this. Um, so you have to sort of evaluate and look at that and say, Hey, am I not accepting of myself? Yeah. And if you aren't, you need to do things that allow you self-acceptance. Right. And I wish I remembered the podcast number for that one. (laughs) Um, but we talked about self-acceptance. Yeah. Look up in our podcast. Sure. Um, and I've also talked about that on a, on a YouTube video. Yeah. Um, how important self-acceptance is versus self-esteem. Right. It's just, it's really, really important. So. I hope that those listening, you know, and have to deal with this, the social anxiety of, of get something out of it. Um, but we'd love to hear from you. You know, I'd love to hear um, ways that you've may maybe overcame it, um, ways that you deal with it currently, or, you know, some of the issues that you might have. And, and if you need suggestions or tips or are feeling a certain way, yeah. um, you know, reach out. And, and, and it's not even if it's not a disorder per se, but it's like just social anxiety that you're having at that moment or circumstantial or whatever sure. it is. I mean, you and I both admitted that we had some form of that and we just yeah. forgot about it for some reason. We either overcame it somehow. I try to forget. Uh, yeah. Man, me too. I try to forget all that. I forgot I was stuff. a shy kid that yeah. had these weird dorky tendencies and I have now dorky tendencies that I don't care about. <laughs> Which we <laughs> love you for. Yeah, exactly. Now I'm known for it now stage so it's it is kind of interesting so if you have social anxiety or if you're feeling that type of thing you're not alone for one and for right. two um you know i'm sure there's a lot of people who went through very similar circumstances that could probably give you some great advice us included yeah, yeah. and the last thing too, um consider this will be a number seven i'll add it is consider professional help yeah you know don't yeah, be sure. afraid to actually reach out and talk to somebody a therapist um or counselor that can help you with this right. I mean, this is something that it's not to be ashamed of. It's something that, you know, if you can get it out and be okay with, it's going to help you. And so being open about it, talking about it, um, you know, the idea that everybody deals with these kinds of things. Mm -hmm. And it's just, it's something that, you know, we've got to be a little bit more open about whether it's depression, there's, I mean, suicide, et cetera. Mm -hmm. These are all mental health issues that we really, really need to be more open about. Right. So if anybody has any input, Alan, what should they do? They should email us podcast at deucedads.com or maybe get a hold of us on Twitter at deucedads, Facebook, deucedads.com. Please go to YouTube and look up Dad University. Uh, Subscribe to that channel. That'd be really great to help us out there. Maybe leave some comments there. And then uh, if nothing else, please go to the podcast catchers, the Apple 
podcasts now. I keep saying iTunes. But it's called Apple Podcasts and uh, Stitcher or wherever else you see us. And um, leave a review. Give us a thumbs up, a five-star review, and uh, subscribe to those channels. It really helps perpetuate the show. Awesome. Well, Alan, thank you as always. Thank you. And we will see you next time. See you next time.